Hello, boxing fans around the world. Thank you for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight for another episode of Boxing News Today. And uh, we'll start off with a little bit of, uh, shall we say, excitement uh, regarding the outcome of the Ryan Garcia-Tank Davis fight, the story that just won't quit. Uh, Floyd, May Floyd Mayweather took another shot at promoter Oscar De La Hoya, uh, this time for his decision not to attend his fighter Ryan Garcia's post-fight press conference last Saturday after his loss to Javante Davis down Las Vegas. This story, courtesy of Adam Baskin over at Boxing News 24, continues. Mayweather, who no longer promotes Tank Davis, says if he'd have lost, he would have stood behind him 100%. Given that we haven't seen Gervonta lose, we'll have to take Mayweather at his word and assume that would be the case because right now, with Tank facing weaker opposition and using the rehydration clause to improve his chances of winning, he's not putting himself at risk of getting beaten. De La Hoya said he didn't attend Ryan's post-fight press conference because he'd received death threats, as I reported the other day. You've got to take Oscar at his word. He points out that Golden Boy Promotions president was by Ryan's side, so he was well covered. If Floyd hopes, by the way, that Ryan Garcia will leave Golden Boy and sign with Mayweather Promotions, it's improbable. Even if Ryan were to leave Golden Boy, he wouldn't want to isolate himself by signing with Mayweather because he doesn't have anyone to fight other than Roly Romero. And he's a fighter with marginal ability that doesn't measure up to the top 140 pounders. Roly's the only guy Mayweather has, and he'd be food for the top light heavyweights such as Subriel Matias, Regis Progress, Josh Taylor, Arnold Barbosa, and Richardson Hutch Hitchens. Following on to that story, Craig Daly at boxnews24.com says, Bernard Hopkins says Ryan Garcia's loss to Javante Davis wasn't the result of the 10-pound rehydration clause that led to the PBC-managed fighter had in the contract for their fight. Hopkins says that the body shot that Tank Davis landed and dropped Ryan with in the seventh round hit him in an area that was, quote, already bruised and breached. In other words, says this author, the 24-year-old Ryan came into the fight with an injury to his midsection, and Tank Davis took advantage of that by landing on the spot. Ryan's father, Henry Garcia, hinted after the fight that he had a physical problem. Also, Ryan's sparring partner apologized for hurting him in the body during training. As such, it's admirable that Ryan Garcia went through with the fight with Javanta while dealing with an injury to his midsection rather than having the contest postponed, which is probably what he should have done. You hate to second-guess what Ryan should have done, but the fight could have been a different outcome if he had been 100% healthy and strictly boxed Javanta for 12 rounds, using his height and reach to win a decision. Notwithstanding all that, let me bounce forward a few stories to a report out of, uh, oh, I forget where this fight was taking place, doesn't matter. Unbeaten two-time Olympian, Cezanne Batar, Erden Batan, uh, the fellow who put those uh, bruises onto Ryan Garcia's body, he's now... Uh, well, he remains undefeated because he took an eight-round unanimous decision over Eddie Mercado uh, in a bout at the NABF Super Featherweight uh, uh, bout on, uh, at Sony Hall. That's right, Sony Hall, Times Square, New York. Uh, Adrian Bat, who uh, claims he injured Ryan uh, with a body shot, 
during uh, his training camp before the Tank Davis fight, landed a similar blow to stop Garcia in the super fight. Didn't particularly excite him as he cruised to an 87 78-74, 78-74 win. Uh, also in the main event, the junior middleweight Brian Caballo, 14-1, punished Luis Veron uh, for eight rounds en route to a unanimous decision. Zabalo back in the win column coming off his first loss. Former WBO female super flyweight champ Mio, Mio, Mio Mushashi Yoshida. That's a mouthful, sorry, Mia. Uh, took uh, an eight-round majority decision over Indea Smith by scores of 76, 76, 77, 75, 78, 74. Very good, very good. So anyway, let me get back to Ryan Garcia. Where were we? Here we go. Right. Uh, following all that nonsense, uh, following uh, Garcia's loss, speaking of, uh, we got Tyson Fury headline coming up next. Tyson Fury, next fight details finally surface as Andy Ruiz Jr. leaks final date and venue. So Tyson Fury looks set to square off with Andy Ruiz Jr., for the WBC heavyweight world title this summer in London. Mm -hmm. Tyson Fury looks to, to, to face Ryan, uh, Andy Ruiz Jr. this summer at Wembley after the Destroyer appeared to leak the final details of their potential July showdown at Wembley. The Gypsy King was last in action back, back in December, as we know, when he successfully stopped longtime rival Derek Chisora in a one-sided trilogy clash that was held at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. But after extensive negotiations with Alexander Usyk failed to bear fruit, Fury is not, not, not prepared to sit around and wait any longer as he targets a swift return to the ring. Ruiz Jr., who has a history of upsets after successfully stopping Anthony Joshua for the first time in his professional career in New York in the summer of 2019, is now in Fury's crosshairs. Uh, a slick hand of Mexican heavyweight appears to have leaked that he will be facing Fury on July 22nd at Wembley Stadium after sharing a post on his Instagram on Thursday. It read, Tyson Fury versus Andy Ruiz Jr. is official July 22nd, accompanied by emoji of the United Kingdom flag. Fair enough. All right, let's move along to what the, the zone has to say about uh, Anthony Joshua. Uh, because Antia Joshua says he doesn't expect to be back in the ring until December. However, uh, Joe Markowski, DAZN's chief executive officer for North America, uh, said during a recent interview that he doesn't anticipate Joshua remaining out of the ring until December. That's not consistent with what we're planning, he said. We're in discussions for an AJ fight in advance of that, but nothing's made. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, a summer fight is definitely possible. Markowski didn't take Joshua's proclamation about boxing next in December too seriously. He said, fighters say things on social media all the time. He continues, I don't think you should read too much into that. We're talking about, uh, we're talking to AJ's team about what the next six, seven months look like for AJ. We're not there yet, but I don't think it'll take too long until we've got some clarity on that. A Joshua Dillian White rematch has long been uh, discussed by Eddie Hearn, whose company Matchroom has promoted Joshua throughout his nine-year professional career. Uh, White is now 29-3, and three, whom Joshua stopped in the seventh round of their December 2015 bout at the O2 Arena. So it's been a very, uh, and he's been very vocal about wanting his chance to avenge the first defeat of his professional career. Hearn and Joshua also stated in the immediate aftermath after his victory over Franklin that their goal was to fight three times this year. 
whoever and whenever Joshua fights next, the 2012 Olympic gold medalist maintains that'll be up to him and trainer Derek James, who worked uh, Joshua's corner for the first time when he fought Franklin. The six foot six, 255 pounder uh, wants to develop more continue with James, his third coach in less than two years before making that determination. Yes, you can. Teofomo Lopez has sparked controversy after appearing to make a racist comment and a series of vile claims about ESPN's commentators in a shocking interview. The former super lightweight world champion who is hoping to win back the title when he faces Josh Taylor in New York on June 10th also made a host of violent and racist comments during the interview and has attracted a whirlwind of negative publicity as a result. Lopez defeated uh, Lomachenko to become WBA, WBC franchise, IBF, and WBO lightweight world champion back in 2020 before losing his belt to George Cambosis last year. Let's move on. Pass that ad. Opening with a violent comment, Lopez said, I, I think I, one thing I love about my sport, I can kill a guy and get away with it. It's so cool. Although aspects of the interview were edited out before release, a leaked clip was later splashed across social media and showed the boxer saying, commentators are the ones that convince everybody if someone else is winning. Watch the George Camposa's fight without the commentators. Watch my last fight without the commentators and you will see the results. At the fighter meeting, I dissed Andre Ward and Timothy Bradley in front of ESPN's production and all of them for all their affiliation corruption that they do. And what happened? I put more weight on my back. When I slipped with the first knockdown, they called. They called. What did Bradley say right away? He's hurt. He's hurt. So I don't sugarcoat shit. All those motherfuckers ride. Oh, and a, a bit of a bit of a naughty words. Sorry for my language. He apologized, but that is a problem. I don't ride off that. Lopez continued his explosive rant by seemingly accusing ESPN of positive discrimination towards black fighters sparking huge controversy amongst fans just to put it just to put more light on this fight this is my last fight on espn he added this is why this fight means everything if they want the black fighters they can keep them although the 25 year old didn't mention any black fighters specifically several fans interpreted his comments as a grim attack on fellow american boxer devin haney who triumphed twice against combosis jr to claim the titles once owned by lopez the undisputed lightweight champ is set to defend his belts against Lomachenko on May 20th. So, Teofimo Lopez under fire. Mm. Let's finish off today's episode with a bit of an update on the Canelo Alvarez versus John Ryder clash that's upcoming. According to Jake Turnin, my good buddy over at BoxNews24.com, he says uh, Canelo Alvarez will need an impressive win over John Ryder on May 6th to help him get in that position where he can retake the number one pound-for-pound uh, ranking. Canelo, as you all know, he's 58-2-1, 39 knockouts, will be defending his undisputed super middleweight championship against Ryder, who's 32-5, in Guadalajara, Mexico. This is a fight that Canelo could have problems with because Ryder has a high work rate and is and has an excellent chin. For Canelo to win this fight impressively, that would say a lot about him. He has massive draw. He really is, said Barry Jones to the zone about Canelo Alvarez. He's still a very, very good fighter. He really is, and a massive draw, and is undisputed at 168 pounds. 
added uh, Adiopo about uh, Canelo. One thing he does extremely well and what he's boxing and what he's become in the last five years is one of the best defensive boxers in boxing. Uh, he's pun he's punching your arm, but he's also whacking away at your midsection. He's killing you with uppercuts. He leaves more opponents befuddled in the ring than anyone I've seen since Mayweather. The one thing that separates Canelo is his speed in the ring. He's so fast and so accurate with his shots that he makes his opponents afraid to throw their punches because he's going to hit them back with something bigger. I watch Canelo, and I feel like I'm watching a perfect fighter. Added Ali uh, Depot. This is a guy that's undisputed 168 and won titles at 160. He won the title also at 175. Canelo is an ever-evolving fighter since is. Canelo is an ever-evolving fighter since Mayweather, said Barry Jones. Every fighter, he's learned from them. He took something from that. And that's a unique quality. Not, not every fighter does. He takes a little bit from that, takes it to the next level. In the first uh, Golovkin fight, he did what he had to do against Golovkin. That was a gutsy move to take that fight, by the way. Who wants to fight Golovkin? He boxed Golovkin. He tried to box him in the first fight, and it was hard for him. He took some great shots, and he rolled with those shots. Well, there you go. Let's see who wins on the weekend upcoming. John Ryder or Canelo Alvarez. It's going to be a great fight all the way, nonetheless. And we look forward to seeing those results. I thank you very much once again for joining me here on Talk and Fight. Uh, remember to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. We'll see you later on at 4 p.m. when I'm uh, joining Mike Orr and Cedric Ben for their show, Knuckle Up. And then later on at 7 p.m. Uh, when I join Mike Orr, Tim Witherspoon, and other special guests for our Friday night panel at 7 p.m. Eastern Time.